1: Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast
2: from CBS Sports. I
0: drive center field, hit the wall,
3: grand slam. This is magnificent. Got a fantasy
2: question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your
1: league. Where fantasy becomes reality. Now, here's Frank, Scott, Chris, and Adam.
2: Good. Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast. Wednesday, February 10th. And guess what? Brooksy, Will Middlebrooks, my co-host. We are one week away from spring training. I should say pitchers and catchers reporting, but as a former pitcher, that's the start of spring training to me. That's got to fire you up because it fires me Good.
3: It absolutely fires me up uh, because we've been so focused on obviously the f- a free agency because that that's what the off the off season is uh, COVID COVID protocols, owners versus players. Where are we going to be a CPA, blah, blah, blah. Well, now we get to just focus on putting together ro- rosters. You got, you got, you guys coming in, trying to win spots. You got new players on new squads. You got Trevor Bauer and uh, with Dodgers camp, uh, I'm fired up, man. There's a, lot, there's a lot to be seen over the next two weeks. And, and as a position player, I was always a get-there-early guy. So I was already there for pitchers and catchers. I couldn't show up the day before my physical and, and be ready. I needed like two weeks before that to get on the field, take BP, get in that Florida heat a little bit, uh, sweat it out. And um, this is a fun time. This is a fun time for baseball, and I'm ready to get going.
2: You're a sweaty guy, aren't you? You're you a sweater. Oh, Yes, you are. You're like Texas people, like everyone from Texas, like they sweat a little more than others. I feel like
3: in Texas, maybe because it's really hot.
2: Like you got to put a little extra deodorant
3: down. No, 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 no. I'm probably the, I probably smell better than everybody you've ever met in your life. <laughs> yeah, that's a pet peeve of mine. I, I like personal hygiene, smelling good teeth. I just want to be clean. That's one of my like OCD. Like I have to be smell good. If I smell bad at all, I'm not leaving the house.
2: Yeah, yeah I, I like to hear that. I'm just, there's a reason we do this thing over Zoom and not in person. Um, anyways, so, but no, it is it is really good news just because there's been a lot of uh, concern and, and uh, pessimism going into the season. We didn't know about health protocols. We didn't know about fans. Minor league baseball, which is kind of another news. I have sources, Brooksy. I do have sources. I believe you. Little, little birdie told me that there gonna it was going to be a minor league baseball season this year, too. That should make a lot of people happy a lot of little towns across the country that get behind the scenes so that's expected to happen that's too.
3: huge that's not only huge for those towns it's yeah. huge for these kids who are gonna have a job and have uh, a salary because they, I mean they don't make a ton of money anyways but these guys some guys sign for a plane ticket sometimes it's they don't get these huge signing bonuses that we see these kids need the 10 grand, 15 grand. It's not a lot, but they're going to make, they need need that money and they need the opportunity because go out and have a big year. Look up. You're in double A, triple A, you're step away from the big league. So a lot of careers, um, were altered last year with no minor league season.
2: I'm glad you brought that up. Not to go too much on a tangent here, but I wrote a piece on minor league, um, players during a pandemic. Yeah. Hearing their stories. Thank you. Hearing their stories. I mean, these guys are making a living off of $10,000 a year sometimes. And they're expected to make a living and support a family. And last year I spoke with one player and we'll continue on but let me just give this little tidbit here. There was one player. He got drafted 2 years ago out of Santa Clara. Um, came into the league and made about 5 grand after the draft he had about half the season left, made about 5 grand. Came back the next year, there was the pandemic and they were giving about $400 per week. He was not qualified for unemployment because he didn't play enough the season before, but he didn't play enough because he was playing for his collegiate team. He was getting his degree in college. So that's just essentially a microcosm of minor league baseball. and and
3: Minor league baseball is a dollar and a dream, man. That's what it is. You get about a dollar and uh, an opportunity to make it to a pinnacle of a sport, which is worth more than money Yes, or gives you opportunity to make a lot of money.
2: (laughs) You get your shot. You get your shot. Yeah. We're going to have John Lester joining today's show. Former teammate of Will Menebrox. left
3: Yeah, man. He's he's the best. He's, he's he's made a heck of a career, number one. Um, and he's still going. He's what, 37 years old now. He's been doing it for a while. Beat cancer, Hopkins lymphoma. Um, doing no-hitter. I mean, this guy's a legend. He was a great teammate. Too much Red Sox
2: on this podcast already. <laughs> already. But we're going to be talking with John, of course, about what to expect because he is on the Washington Nationals now. Long-time Red Sox, long-time Cubby. He's with the A's for like half season, but whatever. Um, but so we're going to be talking with John Law about 2021 season upcoming. What we're going to be getting into is kind of a heated topic. And I think it's really fitting with Trevor Bauer signing this last week we're going to be talking about who's the true face of baseball and with Trevor Bauer and what he's done with his social media presence, um, everything he's done on his YouTube channels and, and his, with his agent, Rachel Luba, he's basically been at the forefront of every conversation, especially on social media. Mm-hmm. I'm not making the case that Trevor Bauer is a face of baseball quite yet, Good. but I'm really curious to hear your thoughts. And, and we're going to give our top three. We each have our top three faces of baseball and, we talked a little bit before, offline, before this show. And Brooksy just expects me to tell him my list, but I told him I refuse. I'm not I want you to be surprised when I give you my list. And so I'll let you have the floor first. But okay. um, my-
3: well, number one, it was really hard for me to make a top three list. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if I have a number one. I don't know if there is a singular face of baseball right now. Cause it all depends on really how do you want to determine the face of the game? Is it the best player? Is it the most marketable, the most popular? Because there's different in that different players that match each uh, of, of those categories. Best player we know is Mike Trout. Best all-around, most consistent. You know what you're going to get every single year, every single game almost from Mike Trout. In that case, he's the face of the game. Uh, but there's a marketing problem there, and we know that. And, and does that fall in MLB? Yes, partially. I also think Mike Trout doesn't care to be the face of the game. I think he... Yes, should what he does on the field be enough? Yeah, I think so. But in the age we're in now with social media and the access that everyone has to these players' lives, you have to want to be in the spotlight more. So that being said, also in my top three other than Mike Trout, is Fernando Tatis Jr. He only has a year in the league. I get that. There's not a whole lot on the back of his baseball card yet. There's going to be. There's going to be a lot.
2: He hasn't played 162 games yet.
3: Nope. But I'm. this is more of a projection for me, I guess. Um, but, you know, and I get on Twitter and I talk to people about this because I like to hear the fan side because ultimately the, 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 the face of the game isn't decided by ex-players or players. It's decided by the fans. So I got on Twitter and I wanted to talk to people about it and here and it was I'd say a majority of people said Trout but they thought there was a marketing problem. What did we you hit.
2: did you ask who was the face of baseball on Twitter and yeah. this
3: Yeah, it wasn't a poll. I, cuz I didn't want to like put a a player in your mind. I, I just right. wanted to see what people replied. So a lot of Aaron Judge um which I like that as well. There's some Bryce Harper but i say the top two were, uh, top three on Twitter were Trout, Tatis, and then Mookie. Okay. All right. Now, we know Trout is the number two LA team. We know his team hasn't been in the postseason. We know he plays on the West Coast. And so you don't get to see many Sunday night baseball games of Mike Trout unless he's playing on the East Coast because their games will start till 10. They don't want to play at 5 p.m. there and deal with shadows and a 0 game going into the 6, waiting for the sun to set because the shadows are awful and you can't see the spin on the baseball. That's a real thing. It's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dodger Stadium, L.A., both of them are terrible when it comes to, to shadows. So, To answer your question, top three. I don't know if I can make an exact top three. I think Mike Trout is – one of the faces of the game. I think Tatis is very marketable. His hair, his sweatbands, his swagger, that's easily imitated by kids. Mm -hmm. And that's what we need in the game to grow it and to continue. Because it's going down a path now where people are starting to not be dumb with baseball, but they're just other things to get kids attention. Now I was talking about this with my father-in-law the other day, because he, he grew up a huge Mets fan in Brooklyn uh, in the Mm sixties. And, you grew up listening and watching baseball. It was cheaper to go to the games. It was easily accessible. There's no blackouts, So, you know what I mean? Like there's, it was easier to market it then, than then not easier. It's way easier to market it. Now they just don't do it. I know I'm ranting. I can talk about this all day, so I'm going to let you go. But I, Mike Trout, Tatis, Mookie, and it's hard not to put judge and Bryce Harper in, in this conversation. Because Bryce has been marketed. They marketed Bryce. They marketed Bryce Harper more than they marketed Mike Trout. Bryce Harper's been on every baseball fan's radar since he was 10 years old.
2: Okay, but here's the difference. Bryce Harper's been to the playoffs more than one time. He's played more than three games in the postseason. Bryce Harper hasn't had that much postseason success. Him and the Nationals fell short a number of times.
3: No, but he gets to play under the bright lights and, and be seen in that. And I fully agree with that.
2: So, I don't, I don't know if you saw this, but MLB.com, they put, I think this feeds into your point. They put out their most intriguing divisions going into 2021. <laughs> Who do you think were their top two? I'm going to let you guess. Most the NL intriguing East And
3: the NL West.
2: You would think, right? AL East, NL West, especially with all the Padres moves and the Dodgers bringing in Bauer. I mean, that's, the American League East and the National League East.
3: That's that because, right
2: there. Wait,
3: American League East and
2: what? National League East. Okay. Two Eastern divisions. I, and the writers and that's because know. they're
3: on TV. They're on TV more.
2: Right. And the writers, this isn't a I'm not condemning the Major League Baseball writers who took part in this this uh this ranking. However, I think that says a lot about the way the western part of the United States and baseball is viewed. And so when we're talking about you think about it's secondary
3: style, to just people's lifestyle in California?
2: Yeah. Part of it is culture. And you can speak to this a lot. And I will ask you about this. And so when you go to an angel game, you're not going to necessarily catch a game. You're going to have something to do because there's so many different things to do in Southern California. And there's a lot of really good Los Angeles Angels fans. I've gotten the opportunity to interact with a lot of them through social media, just person to person too. And there's a lot of really good angel fans out there. But when you compare that to the East Coast, that's the weather has a lot to do with it. Um, history has a lot to do with it. History, everything, sure. everything in baseball started on the East Coast. Uh, it started in New York. Started in Boston. And we I mean,
3: even the even the even the best West Coast team,
2: the Dodgers, started in Brooklyn. So exactly. And yeah. so when you go to an Angel game, when you go to a Dodger game, when you go to a Padre game, and you can even go up to Northern California with San Francisco you're going to enjoy some good food, maybe even hang out with your friends a little bit. And then there's also a game going on when you go to a Red Sox game and you can hit this, you're going to watch a baseball game.
3: No doubt about it. LA, you go to a Dodger game. It is a show, <laughs> the music, the lights, I'll, I'll tell you a, story, a quick, a quick story. When I played in uh, Dodger stadium for the first time, I will never forget how loud the music was. Yeah. And I, that was one of the things that stuck out to me the most. And then I went back there in 2015 with the, with the Padres and they needed me to play shortstop. I hadn't played shortstop since high school, but we had a couple of injuries and I was capable. I was could do it for a couple of times if they needed me to. And um, I was like, yeah, sure. Like I'll play short, whatever. And I'll never forget, man, I'm out there. It's like Saturday night too. Saturday night game in uh, Dodger stadium. Starting at shortstop for the Padres. First time since high school. I'm pretty nervous. First batter of the games, Jimmy Rollins. Came right at you, I'm sure. Smoked a ball at me. But time, before yeah. that, like, they all had, like, gangster walkout music. And, like, the 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 whole batter's eye in center field, the, like, it's black. That's all speakers behind that, bro. Yeah, I can still to this day – close my eyes and just feel like my body moving to like the beat of like and <laughs> like uh, the ground was shaking under my feet and I'm like yeah I'm about to, E6 coming up <laughs> I'm about to launch a ball into the popcorn stand <laughs> the ball gets hit to me um he smoked the ball at me like uh lefty inside out it but he hit it really hard like short hop and uh took it off my chest and I threw him out and after that I was like oh, okay I can breathe now but I just it to the point of the music, the lights, it's more than baseball there. And mm-hmm. to your point, it, it is a show. In Boston and New York, yes, it is somewhat of a production, but the most important thing is the baseball.
2: Mm-hmm. What's well, yeah. funny too, uh, building off of that is the Dodgers yeah. just kind of renovated their outfield um, area with new food places. And I think they have a couple more shops too. Yeah. And fans were fans are fired up for it. I only know if they've been able to take advantage of it because of the pandemic and no right. fans. But when New York built their new stadium, the Yankees put essentially a mall in the New York Yankee Stadium, and fans hate it. Yankee fans are like, "This, why do we have a mall in our stadium? Like, what is right. the point? what does this have to do
3: with the game? Just give me a better seat." I'm sitting they should have just fixed up, up and renovated old Yankee Stadium. That's what they wanted. Yeah, because it, that place was like on top of you as a player. It's like even like the upper deck, you felt like you could hear people.
2: It's just yeah. funny how fans on the West Coast and fans on the East Coast, it's not to say they don't love their teams. That's really not the point. I think
3: it's more of a priority. I think it's more of a die-hard mentality on these Coast. It's just a
2: different culture. It's just That's a different what I'm culture. saying. It's not like you see more Yankee jerseys out on the West, or I'm sorry, East Coast, uh, than you see Dodger jerseys over on the West you, Coast. You want
3: me to explain it? So in the fall, if you're, if you're from Boston, you're a Patriots fan, or it's April or it's October and you're a Red Sox fan, it's really cold outside. <laughs> it's all right. I played games in, in April where it was 30 degrees. It's not spring yet until like May end of May and the summers are beautiful, but it snows a lot there. It's cold. People aren't going to go outside. They're going to, if they do go outside, they're going to come to a socks game or a pats game, but otherwise they're going to go to a bar or they're going to sit in their house and they're going to watch their team. They're not going to go sp- spend hours and watch sunset at the beach. No, it's too cold. So they're gonna focus on what they can watch. And that, and I think that plays into it too, is just the weather.
2: So this is, I know we've obviously um, kind of branched off into other conversations here, but- That's okay, we can Trout. do that. We can, this is our show. We can do whatever the hell we want. Uh, <laughs> today, it's our show. <laughs> yeah, today. Well, we're gonna send it back to Frank and the boys tomorrow. But today, yeah, you're right. This is our show. Um, Trout, back to Trout. Okay, I don't have them in my top three. And that's probably going to anger you a little bit, or you. It doesn't gonna... anger me. I understand. I understand it. I it understand no- it, it has nothing to do with, to do with Mike. I, I, you know, a lot of people say, and you, yourself included, he doesn't do enough on the marketing aspect in order to be the face of the game. I personally disagree. I personally think the way you play the game and the way you interact on social media is enough. He does enough on social media. He has the most Instagram followers. Um, It's not
3: because of what he posts. It's because of what he
2: does on the field. (laughs) Agreed. Agreed. But he does have that in his back. He's the greatest player we've seen. And I think that's enough. Where, And a lot of people say Rob Manfred fails him and Major League Baseball fails him. No. His franchise has failed him. You cannot market a player who does not play when the most eyes are on the game of baseball. The most eyes are on the game of baseball in October. Agreed. So when we're talking about like Bryce Harper, Bryce Harper has been on not the biggest stage. He hasn't played in the World Series, but he still
3: can't there. take Mike Trout top three. He's not the top three. The
2: he's not in the of top okay, I'll give you my top three. First of all, let me confirm yours. Your top three was. So not-
3: I'll, I'll go Trout. I'll go Tatis, and that's more of a projection. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's fair. You know, but I have to put him in there because he's the hot topic right now, uh, when it comes to this uh, argument, and then I'm going to go Mookie. Mm -hmm. because he played on the East coast and he's got a ton of fans there. And now he's in LA. He's well-spoken. He does a lot for like minority groups, which helps him out a lot. Um, And on top of that, he's one of the best players in the game, Mm -hmm. doing it for the Dodgers. And he just won a world series. So you have to put him in that mix too. Um, And then my honorable mention was Harper and judge. Mm
2: -hmm. So I think there are two different types of, we're getting back into the subjectivity of this conversation, but,
1: that's I the beauty are,
2: of it. <laughs> uh, I think there are two different types of faces of baseball. I believe there is a face of baseball for baseball fans. And I believe there is a face of baseball for the rest of the world. And what I mean by that is I think Mike Trout is the face of baseball for baseball fans. The people okay. that watch baseball on a day-to-day basis, they know who the best player is. Even if they're not even watching on day-to-day, if they're following baseball, they're seeing the scores and, and they're, you know, they have an idea of what's going on. They know Mike Trout is the best player. They know Mike Trout plays for a crappy team and his team has failed him for those others that maybe catch a game or two um, throughout the season. Maybe they like baseball, but they're not, you know, they're not diehard fans. That's a whole nother list. And this, that's the list I'm going to say here. And I believe Aaron judge is the face of baseball simply because he plays to the New York Yankees and he is the face of the New York Yankees. And uh, he led the, league and Jersey sales, 2017, 2018, 2019. Last year was the first year he did not lead in Jersey sales in his career. And it was because, is, that
3: a, is that a subject of the market he's in as well? hundred yeah. percent.
2: The two biggest, because sales is I literally, judge in my
3: notes, I wrote down Aaron judge would be in my top three if he was healthy more. And, and on health, the field, I know, I know he's still popular. I know he's still popular. He's popular to me too. I, I love the guy, but, yeah. um, he is a much bigger figure if when he's on the field. <laughs> but part even when it, he's hurt, we're talking about the Yankees and saying if Aaron Judge was here, you know. So part I
2: part of I, that part of it has to do with the stature too. Just the fact
3: that he's massive. Six, seven, large. Mm-hmm. Right? Like superstar, a super superhero to kids when guys are that big. Mm-hmm. Large, you know, that's 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 part of it. You're right. He's a
2: really good dude too, just like with the media. Great. With fans, he interact. He he does a lot of autograph signings before the game. Yes. he has big social media. Very, per-
3: very personable. Yes. So
2: Aaron Judge is personally, if you're talking universal wide face of baseball, Aaron Judge is my guy. Simply okay. because he plays for the Yankees. He's not. So, I agree with. He's not on the field now. Can ahead. I ask
3: you a question? Okay, so you agree that? Okay, I'm trying to think of the best way to f- to phrase this. So Judge clearly isn't the best player in the league but you think he's a face of the game. So that's like the nineties Griffey. I don't think Griffey at the time was the best player in the league, but he was a face of the game. All right. And no, I'm agreeing with you. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and I'm saying, and, and Derek Jeter wasn't the best player in the Thank game. either. You.
2: Hey, you just took the words right out of my mouth. I was just about to say Derek Jeter was the face of the game for 10 plus years. He was not even close to the best player. There was Albert right. Pujols in the league. There was Barry Bonds was playing. Griffey well, let's was... not
3: downplay Jeter's excellence either, though. Yes, he was an average fielder, but he also had 3,000 hits, which no, is he, very hard to
2: has, do. Like, that's not what I'm doing, but he wasn't the best player in the game when he was playing. I
3: agree. I agree. All right. So- I'm, I'm just proving your point. I agree with you. I agree with you on that front.
2: Okay, after that, I have Fernando Tatis Jr. And again, that's more of a projection. I agree with you, but...
3: Mm-hmm. He's very. Track. He's the most marketable player in the league.
2: He's right on the face of MLB 21 The Show. Um, he's doing the, the new Gatorade commercials. He's swaggy. He's swaggy. He's it's funny. I had a, a a scout. He's a PBR scout. Um, he messaged me this last week and they had a showcase out in California. He sent me a video of this kid. I guess he's from Fresno. And he said, hey, this is uh, Fernanda, the Fernando Tatis Jr. of Fresno. Look out for him. So people are emulating Fernando Tatis Jr., even though he's only played a year in the league. So more of a projection, but he's number two on my list. Third, I have Bryce Harper, because I think when you walk into a mall and you ask different random people, you say, name one baseball player, first baseball player comes into your head. I think Bryce Harper is probably yeah. one of the first guys. <clears throat> um, after that, I have Trout, and then actually I have Trevor Bauer after that. Let, let, me, let me say why so, My fiance, she's not the biggest baseball fan, but she follows what's going on. And she doesn't really know all the players. But when Bauer made his decision, she was like, oh, Bauer made a decision. Like, thank God it was going on forever. I was tired of hearing all his, uh, you know, all his antics. Um, And that says a lot. The fact that she doesn't really follow the game, but she knows, one, knows who he is. And two, knows where he's playing. I think that says a lot. My answer would have been completely different a year ago, but what he's done with his platform over this past year, I think if we're just talking popularity, I'm not talking about ethics, morals, anything else. I'm or even
3: the fact that he's only on the field once a week.
2: That too. <laughs> and Garrett Cole would be higher on this list if he was on right. the field more often. But right. Just just popularity, social media presence says a lot. And I that's why I have Bauer in my you know honorable mention here.
3: That's a solid list. That's, that's super interesting. And that's what I love about this discussion is every single person has a different outlook on it. Mm -hmm. And I, that's, it's really interesting to me. I, there's, there's, and I think that brings me back to my original point is I don't think there's a singular face of the game right now.
2: I agree. I think it's a really good point. Yeah.
3: Uh, I I think there's a combination of guys who are the faces of the game.
2: Bryce Harper, going back to that, I think that is an issue, though, because in ESPN's World Fame 100 that they released, I think it was a year ago, Bryce Harper was the only baseball player in that top 100 list. He is the only baseball player on that list. Soccer players, hell, Business Insider, they put out the 20 most famous athletes this last year. They had a damn uh, cricket player on there. There was not a baseball player on that list. There was a damn cricket player, though. He was on Business Insider's 20 most famous list. So, yeah. baseball marketing, not the best.
3: That's the thing with uh, an ex teammate of mine, David Ortiz, is we would always say, like, yeah, he's a really popular baseball player, but he's a rock star. Like, people know him all over the world. Mm-hmm. Big Poppy. That name is, if you say Big Poppy in any country, someone knows who that is. And not, maybe not David Ortiz, but if you say Big Poppy, I thought his nickname was marketed really well. And obviously he played in exhibition games in Japan and all that. And they fell in love with him because he hit like 900 foot homers. Uh, But I mean, he does a good job of marketing himself, just his personality and stuff like that as well. But um, this is good, man. This is really good stuff. I love this. Um, I do. I hate that MLB missed out on Mike Trout. I I know you don't want to blame MLB but they could have done a better job. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, though, it came down to Trout not wanting it. If he wanted it, they would have given him more.
2: What let me ask you this. Now I'm gonna put you on the spot. Oh. What could Rob Manfred Major League Baseball have done differently with Mike Trout over this past
3: decade? Because in specific, I mean that that's so, okay, so that brings me to the end of that last point I made was they could have pursued more and trying to figure out better ways to get him on TV. Like I said earlier in the show, when they're playing seven o'clock games on the West coast, no one's watching it Mm -hmm. except the people on the West coast. And if they have a choice between the Dodgers and Anaheim or the angels, they're going to watch the Dodgers because they're a better team, which is the point you made of putting together, spending the money and putting a team around a guy like Mike Trout, which they haven't done. They put an offense around him, they protected him in the lineup, but doesn't matter when you give up six and a half runs a game. What could mlb be done better? They could have, I think, eliminating the blackout stuff or guys people can watch show uh games more. I think making the schedule in a in a way to highlight him more. Mm-hmm. Um but I also think it comes down to self-marketing and commercials and shows like that's not who Mike Trout is. I played in the fall league with him when he was 19. We spent a lot of time together. He's simple as they come, and I think that's what makes him as great as he is. And that's who he is. He still lives in his hometown. He's married to his high school sweetheart. Like that's that's who he is. He's a simple-minded guy in the best way possible. And that's that, that's fine with him. And he's happy. He doesn't need more. He doesn't need to be the face of the game to – feel content at where he's at in his career that's why he doesn't care about this he's like he honestly he wants to win so that's the frustrating part for him is we're not winning not that oh i'm maybe not considered the face of the game because i'm not in commercials and movies and this and that he doesn't care about that and that's part of the reason he's not a lot of people's face of the game so a lot of i I just want to say one more thing and then i'll let you go go. i talked to a lot of players i talked to a lot of players about this and players within the game if you ask them who the face of the game is, they will say Mike Trout. That's because it's based off of they know what goes into each day. They know what it takes to be as good as he is. So the players who understand the game, I mean, to understand what he's doing right now and how absurd it is and how, what he does isn't a nor- like normalcy. People can't touch what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why they think he's the face of the game. Now, I said earlier, the fans decide who's the face of the game because face of the game is determined by the people who, who people want to see. That's the fans. So it doesn't matter what the players think. I'm, <laughs> I can say like right now, who would I rather go watch in person right now? Fernando Tatis Jr. I'd go buy a ticket to watch him before Trout just because of the way he's, he's marketing himself, the league's marketing him, and he, he just seems like he's more fun to watch. Mike Trout is boring in all of the best ways possible.
2: I would agree. And I've, I've said this for the past year. If you go to the ballpark to go see FTJ, he can go 0 for 4 with four strikeouts, and he's still worth the price of admission because he might make a sweet play in the field. He might steal a bag or, or somehow he gets on base and steals a bag. Right, right, right. I'll leave it here. As We got John Lester on deck here. You make your name in the postseason. It doesn't matter if you're a big name player or you're a role player. People would not know who Kike Hernandez is if he didn't play for the Dodgers, Steve Pierce. Steve Pierce. We could go on and on about these postseason heroes. Major League Baseball didn't market them. They were simply, they simply rose to the moment on the biggest stage when every spotlight was on them and people now know who they are. I agree. So it goes back with, with Mike Trout. Their team, his team has not done enough. Their front office has not, not done enough to market him.
3: Yeah. There's a lot of variables. That is, Fair. that is a big part of it, but in my there, opinion, there are a ton of variables that go into certainly this discussion, certainly. but that is definitely a big piece of it. This has been wow. good. And I, I enjoyed this.
2: I personally put more blame on the angels than major league baseball, but again, we could talk Fair. about this. Fair. We can talk about this for hours.
3: Location, region. That's part of it
2: too. Location, location, location. That's it. John All Lester right. coming up next.
0: Worn by players like Michael Harris to meet the demand of elite ball players, the New Balance Fuel Cell 4040 V7 is a versatile option. The 4040 V7 is built for the athlete who needs responsiveness and ability to cut and run at their full speed. The model features a fuel cell foam underfoot and a synthetic and mesh upper to provide breathability, comfort, and a snug fit as you round the bases. The fuel cell midsole features nitrogen-infused foam specifically designed to propel athletes forward. Learn more about the 4040 at newbalance.com. also homes.com collaboration tools makes it easier than ever to share all this information with your family it's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips homes.com we've done your homework
2: welcome back to the fantasy baseball today podcast we're back joined by three-time world series champ five-time all-star new washington national southpaw john lester Whole lot of uh, accomplishments, resume we could break down for you. But first and foremost, thanks so much for joining us, John. Yeah, man, thanks for having me. All right, how pumped are you to go to Washington? Because obviously they're one year removed from the uh, winning the World Series, of course. And then you got your buddy Schwartz joining you, too. So that's kind of a nice little surprise for you.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm excited, man. I'm, I'm excited for a lot of different reasons. Uh, just a little, little new chapter uh, in my career, in our lives. And, um, you know, there's actually a lot of guys over there that I've played with or known for a while, um, to, to make the transition a lot easier. Uh, obviously having Davey there, you know, adds an element to it. Uh, you know, I got to work with Hick for, for a year in Chicago. Um, you know, bogeys there from Boston, the, the trainers are from Boston. So a lot of guys there that I, that I've known for a long time. And, um, like I said, makes that transition a lot easier going to a new place.
3: Yeah, absolutely, man. I was, I was fired up to see you sign. Cause I mean, you've been around forever. We, we know what you've done, accolade-wise. Um, how hard was it to leave Chicago? I know how close you were, and I know what they're doing in Chicago, too, with kind of getting rid of some money and, and the business side of things, but I know how close you are to David. And I guess my question is, how hard was that to be best friends with your manager? <laughs> he was your personal catcher, favorite teammate. You guys are just you went hand-in-hand hand together, and you guys were a perfect match. So how hard was that to, to go from playing with them to him having him as a manager, how did that, did that dynamic change at all? Or was it just, you know, you're at that point in your career where you could still be that close with him?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's part of it, you know, being older, you know, I think if it would have been earlier in my career, it probably would have been a little bit harder than, than then. Um, But no, I think the biggest thing is, is, is in spring training, we, we really made an effort to make it, um, not about us, you know, not about our friendship, not about, uh, us playing together or anything like that. I, we we really tried to make it. He's manager David and I'm player John. So it was like, <laughs> you know, the, obviously the 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 giving each other a hard time and and, and still having fun is is all there. Um, but you know, when it comes down to the the baseball side of things, you know, it you still have to look at it as he's my boss. You know, so when we're at the game when we're playing and I'm pitching he's making a decision based on the team, not on me. And, you know, that's, that's hard at first, but it's something you just have to kind of go, well, that's, that's the way it goes. It, it, whether he's pulling me or anybody else, he's doing it for, you know, for the better of the club. So, um, you know, it was a little weird, but I think everybody had to get over that, you know, like Riz had a, has a really good relationship. Well, we all did, you know, with in Chicago, but um, you know, to leave, you know, I think it's, it's one of those deals, man, you get down, you know, to January, whatever it was, 20th, and you know, I didn't have a job. So then it becomes, you know, I want to play and I want to be a part of an organization. would have loved to have been the Cubs, but just the way the things worked out it, you know, Washington came in and they came in hot and, and made our decision. You know, I don't want to say easy, but it, it was presented in front of us and, and we made a decision. Well, let me ask you,
2: because a lot of, especially Boston fans, would have loved to see you back at Fenway, back where you really became a star and you know helped that team obviously win a couple world series you're beloved in boston was there any possibility that you could have gone back to boston for one more year
1: well i think you know i think there was a possibility to go anywhere you know at that point um you know obviously it's a it's a team that i would have liked to have gone back to and finish it all out and kind of go out on that note um but you know same thing they got a business to run they got a team to to put together and and you have to be part of those plans. And, and I, you know, I understood where I was at as far as the free agent level, you know, coming off a year that, that wasn't great. Um, you know, other guys were way above me and, and who they wanted and what they wanted to fill their, their roster with. So I understood the pecking order and all that. And um, you know, like I just said, it got down to, you know, we're, we were three weeks away from spring training and, you know, you got one, maybe two teams knocking on the door. So you gotta, you gotta make that decision, but that would have been a place that would have been great to finish and uh you know for a, for a lot of reasons
3: another place i had you tab going was was atlanta because it's it's close to home yeah. you can sleep in your own bed it could be it's good for your family especially where we're at uh with the pandemic and all that mess right now good hunting. um did, did you ever yeah did you ever yeah. hear yeah yeah no kidding and did, did you did you hear from atlanta at all or not not really
1: um not really i mean early on it was it was a possibility um you know you, you obviously i think you, you would have I would imagine you guys saw they saw they signed Smiley right out of the gate. So, yeah. you know, when you sign another left-handed pitcher, that kind of knocks knocks my, my my worth off of there. But uh, then they then they went and got you know Morton, which is a huge huge sign for them. Uh, they they kind of needed that. You could see they they ran out of maybe that one arm in the postseason last year, and and you know he had such a, he's had such a good postseason career. Um, you know, so that's huge for them as well. And then obviously to get Ozuna back. Uh, You know, I was probably 10th on their list of people that they that they wanted. But we tried, you know, I tried through some through some back channels with Freddie and and Chipper and and a couple other guys to to get a good word in there. But, you know, like it all goes back down to the guys they want for their for their roster.
2: Well, the good news is that you've outlasted a lot of your Boston teammates. Granted, you started (laughs) a little later. You outlasted. Uh, Manny you outlasted Ortiz yeah obviously outlasted Will that wasn't hard and then you (laughs) you and then of course you outlasted Dustin Pedroia who announced his retirement last week Uh, your emotions as he you know hangs it up and rides into the sunset
1: yeah it's uh, you know I'm happy for him you know it's kind of one of those deals man I always tell people when they retire whatever I tell them congratulations you know because it's I think it should be something that's celebrated not you know, not mourned, you know, like I, I think you, you should really be happy with everything. But, you know, it was unfortunate the way it all kind of happened for for Petey, you know, just with, you know, the, the slide and and, you know, not really getting to go out on his terms. You know, I think that's that's a big thing in this game, man, is is being able to decide when you want to stop putting the jersey on, not letting somebody else decide for you. So, you know, I, I think that was probably, you know, a frustrating part for me to not be able to see him go back out there and, and do the things that he wanted to do and finish his career the way he wanted to. So, you know, that's frustrating, but at the same time, man, what a career. Um, I, I, I got to play with him and we did everything together. We came up together, um, basically got our, our debuts around the same time, uh, one together, you know, all, all that stuff. So, um, you know, he's, he's definitely a big, big part of my career. Um, and, you know, as Will knows, and I'm sure he's told, plenty of stories about him you know I don't think there's going to be anybody like him ever again
3: definitely not I mean you like you said you guys came up through the game Uh, you saw the game change a ton since the point where you came into the big leagues until now Uh, the analytical age the technology age we're in right now Uh, we have a ton of viewers on here This, this is a fantasy baseball podcast that we just take over for some bonus content once a week but they love to hear about technology so where you're at in your career now how much has technology and analytics helped you? Has it hurt you? Has it changed your routine? Because I know how routine oriented you are.
1: Um, The analytics for me haven't really, I don't want to say changed because now, you know, now you got all this data and all this, this technology with, you know, the track man and, and spin rates and stuff like that. Rep
3: Soto, all that.
1: Yeah. Like, and I think there's a time and a place for everything. I really do. Um, I, I do like, the Soto and the TrackMan when it's used for like the the, the the biomechanics stuff where you can put stick figures over each other and figure out, hey, this is when I was right. This is when I'm not feeling so good. What's going on? And really kind of see that. The spin rate stuff, I think, is just another way for people to, I don't know, talk about stuff, you know, like, we'll. the the spin rate of his fastball is this. Well, what, what, what does that mean? You know, like, what does that translate to? And, you know, like when we first got called up, like with Papelbon, Papelbon, you know, everybody said, well, his ball rises, you know, well, he's probably one of the, like a spin rate guy. You know, if you would go back and look at it, his spin rates probably through the roof. So like, I I like the stuff. It doesn't translate to me because I'm not a spin rate again. My spin rate has been the same forever. You know, your velocity goes down, but your spin rate stays relatively normal um you know as far as the technology and the video stuff i i I like that i dive into that just based on um you know scouting reports and, and and things like that but you know i think i think you know it's still a game it's still that cat and mouse of in your head in your gut what you're feeling um executing and and then you know if you can have a little bit of knowledge to add to that you know that gives you that maybe that little extra uh to guess you know, hey, this guy's going to throw me, you know, a two-two curveball or whatever. He's done it to this guy this many times and done it to me. So you have that in the back of your head where you can make an educated guess. Now it's about, well, does he do it? And if you get it, do you miss it? You know, like that's that's the stuff that that to me drives me, and I like that sort of thing. Um, I think they're still trying to figure out where all the other technology comes in and how it plays.
3: I, I can see where the biomechanical stuff you would like because you're not going to rebuild yourself at this point. You know what works. You know what doesn't work. And, and for you, uh, that makes total sense because you just want to be able to repeat. You just want to repeat yeah. your delivery. And that's that's probably when you get in trouble is this when, like you said, doing the overlay of the stick figures and saying, oh, well, I'm, 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 step, I'm overstepping this way or whatever it may be. And that's what normally fixes you, I would think.
1: Yeah, and it, it does. And mine, mine more so is, is my arm the angle of my arm or my hand when I come through and it's, you know, I get into trouble when I get obviously around the cutter and, and the cutter's breaking too early guys can see it and they're able to get the better part of the bat on it. Whereas when I'm, when I'm right and my hand is behind the ball, which, you know, a lot of other stuff causes that, but when you're more North and South and you're on on behind that ball, you know, that cutter breaks late, which then makes, even though it's still, you know, my velocity is at 90 or 89, whatever. If I can get the cutter with the right break, then it makes my other stuff play better. You know, so it's it all goes together. And, and you know, like you said, that stick figure stuff, you know, it, it helps do it quicker than what just watching video, you know, and video when you're watching yourself, you don't get to see the small, you know, little. Th- and I, I think that stuff they haven't figured out how to really break that down and use it yet. So, you know, that's kind of exciting for the next generation for what they're going to do. Let me ask
2: you uh, this because you have a long lasting relationship with Theo Epstein. He is with you in Boston. He was brought to you in Chicago. He's now going to be in Major League Baseball's
1: operations group. Good for baseball, I would guess. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, you have a guy that's been on the the GM vice president side for so long that You know, he's heard what players complain about, what players like. And I think having that and and one thing about Theo that that was always great is he would always listen to both sides. So he would listen to the to the player side and the analytical side. So if you're able to do that and then he can make an educated guess off of that or educated decision, I think that only, you know, is a positive going forward. So if he's able to still listen to us and listen to the other side, um, that, that's only going to make things better, you know, because a lot of those guys in, in MLB are only listening to owners, you know, or, or guys like Theo. So if we're able to get our voices in there uh, maybe through some back channels, you know, that's only going to help. I think, you know, negotiations coming forward with, with the, the labor agreement um, you know, the on-field stuff that, that players don't like or like, and I think it can only make the game better.
3: So uh just one more thing to to finish this up. I know you're busy. You know, to me, you're you're at the tail end of, of in my in my opinion, a Hall of Fame career. Um obviously I got to see it firsthand. I got to see how you how hard you worked, uh how much you cared about your teammates and, and your organization and how much you love the game. Is this uh is this this it? Is this your last season? Or you got more in the tank? What do you think?
1: Uh I don't know, man. I mean I think I think right now we'll just we'll play out this year. You know, um, you know, I do know that, that I need to be a dad and and a husband and, um, you know, let my kids do the stuff I got to do as kids. And, uh, you know, if, if this is it, this is it, I don't know. Um, you know, I think that'll be a decision for the end of the year and, you know, kind of sit down and, and decide, you know, obviously too, I think health and, and performance and, and all that stuff is, is a big factor in it. But, you know, I think going forward, um we'll just see how this year goes and, and you know, make a decision at the end. I de- definitely don't want like a farewell tour or anything <laughs> like that. So I, don't yeah, want I know you to don't be, like the spotlight. You don't want, yeah, the I want it to I be get it. at the end and, and you know, r- right off in the sunset and be, be done with it. Well,
2: now that you say that, I'm going to get in contact with everyone I know around the league and make sure you get the special <laughs> treatment.
1: We'll get you walkers and canes and all that. Yeah, all that yeah. Crap. surfboards and, you know, all that stuff, yeah. Well, just hunting
3: and fishing, just hunting and fishing stuff for John. Don't
1: give him any of that. Yeah, there you go. There you go. I wouldn't, I wouldn't complain on that. (laughs) All right, buddy. Yeah.
2: John, thanks so much for joining us. Five-time all-star, uh, NLCS MVP, three-time world champ. Thanks so much for, uh, joining the Fantasy Baseball Day podcast. Yeah, guys, no problem. Thank you. I'm pumped up to see John Lester in a national uniform because I'm pumped up to see what that rotation can be. If, 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 if they can stay healthy. Scherzer, Strasburg, Corbin, Joe Ross, who you love, and then John Lester. That's a... If they get They're older. Uh, Lester's 37. Scherzer's, I think, 37 and 36. Strasburg is 32. He was injured last year. There's injury concerns and and age concerns, but you cannot
3: doubt (laughs) The pedigrees there. (laughs) I mean, these guys have been there. They've done it. They're going to be... I'm not real sure about their bullpen, you know, they, I'm not we sure about the,
2: their bullpen when they won the world series either. So
3: that's true. But those pieces aren't even there anymore. So, um, do just sign with who the reds. Yep. I believe so. Yep. That's a question for me, but as far as the starting rotation goes very, very good. You have Cy Young candidates there. You got guys who've thrown no hitters. You have a ton of leadership. Number one, um, Joe Ross clearly, uh, or obviously didn't play last year. He opted out cause of COVID, he's kind of one of my sleeper breakout guys. I think he's going to be really good this year. And that's either the fourth or fifth spot in the rotation, depending on how they want to go Corbin Lester, Joe Ross, or whichever way they want to do it. Um, and then obviously Scherzer Strasburg at the top is always nasty. When healthy Scherzer will be healthy. He tends to always like post and be healthy It's Strasburg that deals with the injuries the most, but man, if, if this is the last year for John Lester, um, I don't expect him to have a like a, a crazy all star year. I expect him to just continue to be solid. Miss barrels. He's not a high velo guy anymore, but he's a good cutter. He's developed uh, a little better of a change up feel with the change up and up uh, to pitch away with the cutter. Back door cutters are righty, so I think he's going to be all right. I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be pretty good for him. Um, and, and and if you have a guy like John Lester on your staff at the end of your rotation. That's, that's never a bad thing. And his leadership will definitely come into play in that clubhouse, especially with young guys like Soto.
2: I couldn't agree more. Join me next Wednesday, uh, spring training. About, we're going to have a podcast, first day of pitchers and catchers reporting. That's that's pretty fun. I'm, yeah.
3: that's, that's cool. I'm so excited, man. Baseball's here. It's baseball season.
2: Yeah, Super Bowl's over. Smelling of football is baseball season. Amen. We'll catch you all next Wednesday. Will Middlebrooks, Danny Getty. Next Wednesday, Fantasy Baseball Today Podcast.
4: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or